It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Celtics are one win away from clinching the two spot in the East, but I'm told there's still a chance the one seed could be had. Plus, a new collective bargaining agreement has been announced, but how does it affect the Celtics? All of that next on First to the Floor. It's going to be first to the floor. Welcome in to another episode of First of the Floor. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Joining us on this one, the show's original co-host, Jackson Bauer. Welcome back, Jackson. How you doing, sir? Like the, the original co-host, am I? You viewed well, very well. The first, first person other than me to come on the show. So, True. Yeah, we had a great chat about, what was it, Andre Drummond, I think, being a real threat against us. So our time's changed. Yeah. Greg Monroe <laughs> might have been brought up at some point as well. Yeah, we, uh, certainly. And of course, back for another one, Jake Eisenberg. How you doing, Jake? Welcome, sir. Doing good. Monday night with the... Uh the South Pacific crew. How good. Uh, absolutely. So good to have everyone back here. And Wayne Spoony, not Whoa, on this he's... one, uh, just due to the time that we're recording. We're going to have him back on the next one, but we're very excited South. to welcome back our New Zealand correspondent, Joe. Joe, welcome back, man. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good. Just come fresh off a eight-week challenge where I lost a green total of 300 grams, boys. Whee! Hey, congratulations. Oh, man. <laughs> get some, get some fluids in you, mate. You're going to die. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 300 grams. It's it's hard to lose a, even a gram at our age. So congratulations, bloody hard, eh? well done, <laughs> Jake. You're, you're a young, you're a youngin, aren't you, Jake? You're you're under thirty, aren't you? I am for a few more months. Yeah, he's enjoy about, it, man. He's about to crest. Changes. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop. Don't like whatever you're doing that's like healthy. Just don't stop it, man. I like stop basketball over the over the pandemic. <laughs> Not good, man. It's hard to get it yeah. back. Don't worry. <laughs> this this physique, this temple, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Love to hear it. Now, look, the Celtics' playoff destiny is definitely becoming clearer as we enter the final week of the regular season. But before we get into that, the Celtics did pretty handily beat the Jazz since the last time we spoke. And in fact, have now beaten every team in the league at least once. We'll be quick here, but Jackson, we'll start with you. What were your overall takeaways from the Jazz game? Or we'll just, we'll just send it around the room. Um, well, geez, beating every team in the league, that's like automatic champions, is it not? Is sure. it not? No. I think maybe it must not. Be. Um, <laughs> look, I cared so, so little about that Jazz game, particularly when I saw that Horford and Williams weren't playing again. I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to get eaten on the board. It's going to be one of those. Whatever. We just beat the Bucks by 7,000. It'll be okay. 
But despite that, we found ourselves in a bit of a game and we pulled it off. And Tatum's play continues, and particularly his shooting continues to um, to rain down. So uh, yeah, I was I was utterly thrilled uh, with that result overall. Joke. What did you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> you got to pass the rock. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like you know, I feel like you guys have been riding this. Um, you know, there's been a couple of good results lately, and I feel like you know, your boys are in the moment. And you're real happy about it. For me, the Jazz was just, uh, you know, it's one of those games you could only really lose, you know. Um, and they didn't <laughs> but really. They won. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Relative to expectations, you could only really lose. You okay. Know? Uh, <laughs> um, I just sort of thought, oh, I was looking for a little bit more killer instinct, a little bit more, you know, foot on the throat, eh? And. When we'd get it out to 17, it would just kind of creep back to 12 or 11. It just annoyed me, man. I'm just a, I'm just a real fussy fan these days, eh? Things <laughs> <laughs> <Things> like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are going to hate me by the end of this show, I promise. <laughs> uh, we, There's we too much to, positivity on here anyway. Yeah, that's Precisely. right. Yeah. yeah, what do you think, Jake? What do you think of the Jazz game? It, I was with Joe in that it was a little frustrating, but I was more just annoyed at the Jazz. I was just like, Taylor Horton Tucker, just like, Point Fuck off. Enough. <laughs> yeah. Enough. Yeah. Like this is Check the most birth certificate, man. Yeah. I don't know if he's <laughs> I don't know if he's supposed <laughs> to be playing in the in this league, eh? Like, could you like, believe it? He's yeah. twenty-two? I know. Uh, yeah. It should be in the over 35s league, surely. He was only, only Yeah, that's a rec center body if I've ever yeah. seen one. Yeah. <laughs> only a moment ago I felt like LeBron was talking about this guy being in the lab coming off a big summer league. Um, but like him, Chris Dunn's had like his two best games of his life against the Celtics this season. Just so guys, and this this time of year is weird because you have guy a lot of guys are resting, tanking. And so you have guys that are playing for like contracts, like they're they're literally their lives in the NBA. And that's what it felt like. It was like the Celtics got to 17 and it's like back to back. You guys, we like you guys can't win. And then the Jazz are just like this is their game seven in the garden, doing everything they can. And the Taylor says, they, they was never in doubt, like kind of pretty yeah. obvious. That's that's the thing. I thought it was, you know, a, a pretty, um, like I said, they defeated them handily. And once you hear about the, the travel issues, and I know that they were like adamant about not making that an excuse, but, you know, they got on the plane in Milwaukee the night before. They sat on it for 30 minutes. The pilot was sick, too sick to fly the plane. Glad that somehow, he called it. Somehow these stories get out, Ben. They don't want the excuse, <laughs> but somehow they get out. Uh, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, but, you know, uh, you know me. I buy into these things. Uh, I ride the emotional wave. Uh, that's unfortunately um, the arduous task of checking back into a five-star hotel off the plane mm. only to fly out the following day. Uh, one thing Tatum did mention is that like he, I don't think he'd ever played on a travel day um, and decided to play in this game when he wasn't supposed to play, galvanizing the team heading into the playoffs <laughs> and got the chillest 39 points I think I've ever seen from a Celtic. Um, the three-point shot looks to be back Like as we start to sort of, okay, let's stir up some positive takeaways from this game. The three-point shot for Tatum seems to be back. Small sample size, two games, one of them very mm-hmm. important. Um, in slogging the Bucks there and then keeping it rolling against the Jazz. Um, I was running, if you're watching on YouTube, the, the Blake Griffin-specific highlights before, courtesy of Timmy on YouTube, on our mm. channel here. And Blake Griffin, I did not expect to fall in love with you, but I am like head over mm. heels for this man. Like, he Tucker. is incredible. He's just he brings full of awesome. Tucker. 
Yeah, ticker. He, he brings the energy off the bench. And and in this game where maybe there was a malaise about the team, just given, you know, we know that they play down to, to sub 500 opponents at this point. We know they'd beat some, you know, we're not making excuses, sticking with Joe Mazzola's stance there. We know there'd been some difficulty just getting to the game back home in Boston. Blake Griffin comes out. He's sliding all over the floor. He's taking all these charges. None of them are called, unfortunately, because the refs were super dodgy. But, the refs were uh, he's terrible just, in this game. Yeah. Blake Griffin, he's out there. He's on the tools. He's having a good time. He's been to Bunnings. <laughs> he's brought his tools to the game. Uh, and he's not conducting the orchestra quite like Marcus the Maestro Smart is, but he is he is conducting something out there. He's a vibes conductor out there on the court. That's my very analytical say He's not Bunnings. cooking the barbie. He's, 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 he's brought a sausage to the game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he did flop his sausage out of this game, absolutely. Uh, big big dick energy there from Blake Griffin. I'd love to see it. Like if, you, if you told us that um, we had to play Blake Griffin on a back-to-back because Robin Al were out and he went one for five, in 25 minutes, you'd be like, oh, Jesus, that must have been rough. No, 12 boards, five assists, steal, like instigator, grit initiator. Mm-hmm. Like there was, a, I mean, he, he coming off the headbutt moment with the Narciss in the in the night previous. Like, and I saw some, you know, some Twitter, you know, Bucks account being like, because all Celtics fans like this, this bloody cheerleader, Thanasis comes on, you know, headbutts this, this legend of Blake Griffin. And it's like, oh, so no one's going to talk shit about the, the grandpa that's ring chasing on the Celtics. Like Blake Griffin has legitimately been a good positive piece for the Celtics this year. He's been like instrumental in at least five wins, maybe close to 10 wins. Don't <laughs> Can, we get OT on that? Can we get OT on that? <laughs> I've called him the, the world's best part-time employee and I, I stand by that. He absolutely kills it in a part-time role. Um, the guard rotation in this one, Jake, was interesting. Do you think that's starting to not tell the story but open the book to the story of what the guard rotation might look like in the playoffs? Well, so I was looking at the box score and I noticed that Malcolm Brogdon played 31 minutes, 48 seconds, which was more than both Marcus and Derek White. And I was like, that feels like an anomaly. And so I just went back and looked at a bunch of box scores. Like, yeah, Derek White, I mean, uh, Malcolm Brogdon very rarely plays more minutes than Derek or Marcus. And then that sent me down another rabbit hole of just like <laughs> looking at the 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 point guard, the, the Malcolm Marcus Derek rotation, you know, as as we are sickos. Um, so season long, Marcus Smart thirty two point one, Derek White twenty eight point three, which is just criminal. The fact that he's that's his season long minutes, and then Brogdon mm-hmm. at twenty five point nine. Last fifteen games, the trend we're trending in a different direction. Marcus down to thirty point nine, Derek up to twenty nine point nine, and Brogdon up to twenty seven point five. But then these last five games, Marcus is now. Less playing less minutes than Derek White at 27.9. Derek's up to the leader in 29.8. And Brogdon stayed kind of flat in the last five games at 27. And I feel like it kind of coincides. Like Marcus coming back from the injury, us being like, whoa, dude, just pump the brakes. Yes. We, we, yeah, we have Derek White. Your, your, your defense is definitely looking shaky. Let's just shave two, three minutes off. You, and the defense has definitely been better in that stretch. And Brogdon... First time in his career, he's played more than sixty, more than sixty-five games since his rookie season. So, like this minutes like plan, I haven't liked how they manage it with Rob, but they've done it perfectly with Brogdon. He's playing incredible over the last week. Gritty Brogdon in the Spurs game. I think Joe Ingles is 
like lost his Australian citizenship after the Bucks game, and then <laughs> he's from New Zealand, this, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've we, we oh, sent him over. Joe, I'm just kidding. Oh, I would just claim that guy. <laughs> and then, and then yesterday, Not like Dean Simmons. <laughs> oh, I know. Don't don't stop. He's Boston. American. Nineteen three seven assists. He's been balling, and it feels like Joe. You know, every, this terrible coach everybody keeps talking about seems to be some tinkering going on. Pulling some strings, you reckon, Jake? I don't know. It seems to be working. Pushing the buttons, mm. pulling the strings. We've been calling for it. Master of the puppets. <laughs> Joe Jackson, are you for or against that that point from Jake? Uh, Joe, you, you, you're talking about well, isn't Michael Jackson's dad called Joe Jackson? Or Joe Jackson. Yeah. yeah, there have been so many Joes in the last thirty seconds. I can't keep up. With Joe Ingalls, Joe over here, Joe Maz, Joe Jackson is in here now. Um, well, I ain't arguing. I ain't arguing I with the numbers. Face, funnily enough, but this yeah. Little- <laughs> well, not arguing with the with the minutes. I, I take Jake's word for that. That sounded very well, thoroughly researched. I think mm-hmm. it's probably more indicative of maybe just ramping some guys down less load going into the playoffs and whatnot. But we're right. Like, I mean, you I mean you're right. We've been kind of calling for more Derek White minutes. We've been calling for a reduction of Marcus Smart minutes, just based on form. Um, and and now we're starting to see it. So whether that is yeah continues into the playoffs or whether that's just you know, some load management, you know, on the fly. I don't know. But I mean, you know, Wizards game aside, you know, whatever the, the, the coaching has been better and has been resulting in better performances overall. So I'm for it, whatever's happening. Totally. Jake, 100% not getting the memo that we're just making stuff up here, man. Not like actual <laughs> research, bro. <laughs> See, no, I, I, I'll do the research and then you can just vibe off the back of it. Yeah. What does yeah. this mean to you? Like, you, you're the tea leaves guy. These are the mm. facts. These are the stats. Does this mean anything going into the playoffs? They're three very different players, eh? For, mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's, it is interesting um, to see their, their their minutes kind of squishing together a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, at the season, I just have my favorites. And I have my guys on the uh, on the they're in my bad books. So Bogger hasn't um, redeemed himself in your eyes, yet, Joe. Look, the guy <laughs> shoots a lot of shots that go on. You can't deny that. I just, <laughs> it's a good quality. I, it's a great quality. It's very helpful for winning games. But you know, I guess I guess I'm just like a bit of a basketball hipster in some ways, and I just like different things. <laughs> You know, shots come, shot makes come and go, man. But like, you know, the aggression or the pressure to mistake ratio must stay the same, and it's, and, and that's why I love Derek, man. Um, does he's that, my does guy that now. Mean, mm. Does that mean that Grant has kind of? We're probably getting off track here, but he's oh, Grant's gone down oh, on my box. We can't talk, talk, we can't yeah, talk bad yeah. about Grant. We'll get called out on Twitter again. Yeah, yeah. Did we? Yeah. We called out on Twitter. We got called out by Grant, super the, fan. The, uh, the great yeah. defense army. I think I smoothed is, uh, it over. So it, it onto us. Yeah, it's all good. I love anyway, Grant. Sorry, sorry I, I love Grant. I just, you know, the, the, the mistakes, I just sit, you know, just I feel like I've said this mate. a million times, but like Grant is like me, you know, he has the same strengths <laughs> and the same weaknesses. And every time I see him like flailing away on a drive, I'm like, oh, don't do it. You're embarrassing the both of us. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all who possess this basketball on-court archetype. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, good, good, good point. Good analysis there, Jake. As far as the the minutes crunch there for the You're three shot, guards. Jake. Um, I like it. Brogger, think, yeah, it, he's really starting to um, let loose a little bit and like show the true value of that acquisition. I, I want, I'm not going to call it like a redemption year for the Celtics medical team because anything could still happen. But like it, it's beginning to look that way in the way that there's been this like sort of preservation of Brogdon. Um, Rob's looking maybe healthier than he has all year as well at the right time. And, you know, the way that Brogdon was able to break the Bucks and the Jazz down off the dribble and like generate really good looks predominantly for himself um, just gives us <laughs> yeah, a... Yeah, no kidding. That guy was <laughs> such a hungus, man. <laughs> uh, he had seven assists in, against the Jazz here. So, like, he, yeah. he can he can move the ball as well. He's like a, you know, he's a one-pass guy. He's not like a swing-swing guy. Yeah, but get he out can, of here he can, with your nuance spin. Get out of here <laughs> with it. He can penetrate and get good looks for himself or get good looks for someone else who cuts at the right time. Um, and the rest of the team are vibing with him in ways that they weren't in the first half of the season in terms of, of cutting off of those broken drives at the right time. Uh, and the right time is heading into the playoffs. And speaking of heading oh. into the playoffs, the Sixers lost to the Milwaukee Bucks today, which leaves the Sixers now three games behind the Boston Celtics and the Celtics own the tiebreaker. The magic number for the Celtics to clinch the two spot is one of the four games remaining. They need to win one of those four games and they will clinch that four spot. And they just happen to be playing the Philadelphia 76ers on Tuesday night. Meanwhile, the Bucks are two games ahead of the Celtics. The Bucks play the Wizards, Bulls, Grizzlies and Raptors, <clears throat> pardon me, in their four remaining games for a Celtics one seed scenario to occur. The Bucks would need to go, these are the three different scenarios, two and two while the Celtics go four and oh, one and three while the Celtics go three and one, or oh and four while the Celtics go two and two. Um, mm, so it's like Celt- mirror image. That's what you're saying. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Mm. The Celtics, they play the Sixers, the Raptors, the Raptors again. Uh, and the Hawks. The Sixers is a road game in Philly. The rest of them are home games for the Celtics. Guys, what do you think is the ideal scenario? And there's two, and I, I welcome you to introduce a third <laughs> alternate scenario. Number one, the go for it scenario. Plow ahead at maximum effort. Uh, fight to win all four games and hope the Bucks drop a couple. Scenario two, load management. Prioritize rest and physical playoff readiness. Assume you'll grab a win throughout the course of the last four games. Jackson, of those scenarios, or again, welcome an additional alternate scenario. How would you like to see the, the end of the, the final week of the, the regular season play out for the Celtics? Well, I'm going to have to go an alternative plan just because I'm, I'm a fence sitter. Um, I think you go absolute hell for leather against the Sixers and you remind them that we are their daddies and they are a fake contender. And you put the squeeze on them just like you did against the Bucks in their building, beaten by 50. And it's a bit ambitious, but do that. And then you just punt the last three games. Who gives a toss? It's the Raptors and it's the Hawks. If you feed them wins, that potentially messes up the Miami being in the <clears> number seven spot or anything like that. I, I like the idea of just introducing a little bit of heat onto the heat in that respect. I don't mm. think it's going to play out that way. I think the, I, I think the way it's going to go is they're probably going to play full strength maybe until the very last game, pull everyone out, and, you know, we're, we're just going to end up with the the second seed. Um, but for me, 
we'll probably circle back to this point later on, but I just think the one seed like is just largely irrelevant at this stage. So I'm prioritizing health above all. Mm-hmm. What about just yeah. tanking? What about just tanking and trying to get the three <laughs> seed? And then we get we have, Brooklyn. We we would need Ooh. Philly to go four and oh, and we would need to go oh and four for that to happen. Any useless, so they wouldn't do I, that. I think I honestly mm. think that we're too deep for that to actually happen. Like mm. our garbage time lineup against the Bucks includes like either one of Derek or Malcolm and like Cornette and Blake Hauser. We're like legitimately quality team. Um, so I actually don't think it would be possible. I think I, I've I've been like Galaxy every morning. I come on the Slack channel and I've got I'm running through like four <laughs> yeah. different scenarios of what I want to happen for each day, um, and it gets more and more. It gets either more complicated each day or less. Compl- it's just a mess. Um, I just is, it, const- is one of the scenarios been asking you for a quickie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's, that's a special request reserved for you, Jay. <laughs> Ask every day. Eventually, someone will say yes. Exactly. You break them down. So, Jackson, I think there's two. Yeah. The remind the Sixers that their daddy I is obviously a great Huge. option. Can't go wrong there. The other option is Galaxy Brain Style. You rest that game, which they won't do because national game against the Sixers. But we'll you rest anyway. that game. Yeah, you rest that game. That. That, that is the game that... It, in, will be the closest from a betting favorite line perspective. That'll be like the most even matchup. So you punt that one and then you you turn it up for the Raptors games and you push them, you make sure they stay in the 9-10 zone and then you punt the Hawks game, which makes them stay in the eight spot and gives wow. you the, which gives you the <laughs> smallest chance. This is Galaxy Brain. This is Galaxy Brain, yeah. Of the <laughs> smallest chance Where's of the, the Hawks. chart for this? <laughs> this, is, this has been me for... Two weeks now. It's Charlie Day <laughs> trying to figure this shit out. Pepe Silva! <laughs> it was a small chance because it's a sudden death game. Atlanta goes into Miami and beats them, and that may- gives us the Hawks. So that's by far the best option of all the four playing teams. I'm actually getting scared of the Bulls. The Bulls have kind of been cooking lately, mm. and they've actually been a team that gives us a bit of trouble. Yes. Have- yeah. Levine and DeMar that can actually go off. I think we would still win the series, but that's kind of emerges pretty clear as the most difficult of the four matchups. So we can't control that at all. That's just up to the basketball gods. We can make sure the Raptors stay down, bring up the Hawks, give them a free win on the last day of the regular season and give us a chance to get them in the first round because that is just the easiest first round. Like we would score 140 per game in that series and it would be a sweep. Just... I watched the Mavs Hawks game today and it was just comical. Just both teams just shooting all over themselves for like three hours. <laughs> yeah. Could be us. yeah, we need that. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's a I, lot there. Yeah, there is a lot there. Sorry, Joe. I'll, I'll let you go and then I'll, then I'll jump in. No, I don't have anything, man. Well, I, I do think that the basketball gods could be angered and that's like a like surely there's enough sample size with like messing with the game angering the basketball gods and an ensuing negative outcome that we should just play to win right like just play our best basketball keep heading in the direction that we're heading in and you know let the things fall where they may and that starts with going out and reminding the that the the sixes rather that we own them um and then just playing out the rest of the season you know, if, if we want to win, uh, sorry, if we want to rest players uh, to preserve them for the playoffs, that's fine. That's not a basketball god angering act in my mind. So that's a that's a good avenue to, to go down. But I don't think that we should get 
too crazy with like tanking games against like particular opponents to affect their seeding mm. within the playoffs or the play-in rather or anything like that. I think that's that's going a little bit too deep and we know from history that's what rustles the jimmies of the basketball <laughs> gods and gets people into trouble. Yeah. So Not the one the thing I would keep in mind is that the the Nuggets, uh, yeah, rustle the Jimmy Butlers, if you will. The Nuggets are 52 and 26 at the moment, so there's some incentive to play and, and, and have a better record than <clears> them so that if we were to see them in the, in the finals, for example, please, um, as much as that would torture my soul because of my Nuggets <laughs> friend died, um, that we would have a better record and thus home court advantage. The fucking Warriors, dude. They kick our butts in the finals and then the Nuggets don't even play Jokic today and the, the Warriors still lose on the road, making us just like that extra bit of, you know, motivation to play another game. I will say that the Sixers and then the next Raptors game is a back-to-back. So it does make sense to just do like a massive, like go all out in the Sixers game kind of thing and then rest because health is by far and away the most important thing. Like it's not even not even close. The, the ones give me full health over the one seed. Like every day of the of my life. Yeah, just win the Sixers game, show them who's boss, and then shut it down. I yeah. mean, to, to the extent where the second Raptors game. Yeah, like you want to keep it. guys ramped up, right, and ready for like we talk about playoff readiness. There's. There's playoff readiness in terms of like health and preservation and there's playoff readiness in terms of like ramping people up and getting them accustomed to higher minutes and things like that. And I uh, put it to the Celtics medical staff to sort that out better than I might be possibly capable of. Um, Anything else on, you know, how the end of the season might play out or playoff matchups or anything like that, guys, before we move on to this new CBA announcement? (laughs) Just um, energy for the Hawks. That's it. That's all I got. Energy for the Hawks. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you're going to come back to this. I'll get it real quick. I, I just, I'm not that asked about the one seed, to be perfectly no. honest. Maybe against if it ends up being the Nuggets in the finals, I think altitude would play it, would come into, would be a factor, particularly if you've like played multiple seven game series, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, like, I don't like to like look back into the past and use that as something to determine the future. But I mean, just look at last year's playoffs. We, we swept the Nets, like, we finished that off in, on their home court. Game six against the Bucks, which was mm-hmm. as, as must win as basically a game seven as you could get. One of Jason Tatum's best performances ever. Game seven against Miami, we we won. I know it didn't feel like a win, but we but we got him. And game one <laughs> of the finals, we won. Yeah. Like these are all like very, very notable road wins that we got. It doesn't really matter. I don't think it matters one iota whether we're home no. or whether we're on the road. If that three <laughs> ball's not going in and everyone looks lackadaisical and it's like the Wizards or, you know, Jazz round one all over again, forget it. I don't care, like, if we're playing on the moon or in Boston or in the center of the <laughs> earth. Like, it's just, it's not going to work out. So, I, it, it's health above all for me. If you can yeah. massage a, a, a scenario where you get your ideal opponent with, like, a, 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 t- a thoughtful tank job here and there fine but like at the end of the day focus on what we do best get yourselves ready if we win we win if we lose we lose who cares we're in the playoffs just get ready Fuck, jackson's ready to just that K- that kg <laughs> vi- yeah yeah that kg video of like we got the AKs. So we're just like that's what i that's the energy yeah. i got right there i love that jackson's fucking ready to go so it does <laughs> unfortunately look like we are going to Unless there's a tectonic, tectonic, uh, that's the wrong word. Unless there's a massive shift um, in this final week that we are going to match up against the Miami Heat, unfortunately, which is something that we've Good. been psychologically, well, I, I'll, I'll rule you out of this, uh, Jake, but psychologically trying to avoid all season. <laughs> I feel like the players feel like that way as well, because the Heat have been one of those teams that have kind of like mucked us up, even in this season. 
Joe, how do you feel about that potential or even likely playoff matchup in the first round against the Heat? I hate it. Yeah. I think the Heat have got a very real chance to beat us. No, nah, I mean, stop it. No, nah, man. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Look, look at the look, if 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 basketball championships or the NBA championships are won by like playing eighty two consecutive games and combining the aggregate score of all of those games, you know, then I'd feel great about the Celtics' chances. I'd think we're the favourites. But man, when it comes down to like squeaky bum time, eh? Like the heat are better. And um this is this is the issue for the Celtics, man. People gotta brace themselves for this, eh? Yeah. They the for Celtics what? a first round loss? <clears throat> oh, I I'm not predicting a loss, but man, if it goes seven and Jimmy Butler's lining up a pretty crucial shot with like under two oh, minutes left. I can't I'm not going to be surprised. Anyway, at all. He'll, he'll miss again, won't he? <laughs> I mean, but you're, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel comfortable. The man, the Celtics. Look, here's the thing, man. Like the Celtics. Like, I'm going to make my big point now, and then I'll probably have nothing yeah. to say for the rest of the podcast. But right, all right, like, here we go. Well, okay, so. The Celtics have, I think, the best points differential in the league, right? Yeah. And I think it's deserved. And I've, I've, I think I'm on record as saying, you know, like, um, basically, the Celtics, like, the the Celtics are gonna the the, the only person team that can beat the Celtics is the Celtics, right? And the reason they beat yeah. themselves to me is too much high variance offense and high leverage situations. It really. That it piles on the mental pressure on you. And that's when games like series are won and lost in like little games, right? Like it doesn't matter if you blow the team out by 20 and then they come back and beat you by one. It's 1-1. One, one. And that's what happens in playoff series. And that is the reason to worry about the Celtics' chances. That there's too much reliance on high variance offense. And it drives me crazy hearing Joe Mazzola talk about how the whole point is to get, you know, as many open threes as you can. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. The point is to get more points than the other guys. <laughs> right, and you've got to play the game that's in front of you, and and earn threes go in, man. You earn threes go in, right? But not just any old bloody three will go in. You know, you've got you've got to beat the other team. And low variance offense, which is not a strength of Jason Tatum's, is a potential problem. That said, Celtics have the best points differential in the league, which means that they're probably the best team. Okay. But man, they can beat themselves. And Miami's a team that can just expose that kind of weakness. So, yeah. so there you go. End rant. That's the concern. I think you're crazy. Jake's like a militant optimist. So let's hear it, Jake. <laughs> I'm not an optimist at all. I'm just, it's just, I'm a, I'm a reality based person to quote, to, quote the, to quote the great Ben Oliver. The Miami Heat have been <clears throat> awful, awful this year. They are the 25th ranked offense. You know what? If, if you're 25th ranked anything, that means the only teams you're better than at that specific thing are Houston, San Antonio, Charlotte, Detroit, and Orlando. That basically means you're last. If you're 26th or 25th, that means you're last because those other teams are trying to first, lose. You're last. <laughs> if you're right, legit. Like compared to last season, the Celtics are a significantly better team. They've been yes. playing like half speed for half the season and the Heat are, they were Heat with the number one seed and it didn't even feel real last season. They were the number one seed last season and they just like smoke and mirrored their way to a potential game, game 
going ahead by one point, giving the Celtics another possession. People tend to forget they'd have 11 seconds left after Jimmy Butler, you know, was always going to clank that one. He's a terrible shooter. The Miami Heat are not a good basketball team. You know what this reminds me of? The, the Miami Heat beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the bubble, and it was like a massive, massive, massive upset. And the next season, it was like, oh, no, they've drawn the Heat. They've drawn the Heat. This is, these are all these demons. They played one close game, game one. My Miami pulled it out. I mean, uh, Milwaukee pulled it out, and then it was, a, it was a sweep. Jimmy Butler had less points than fucking Bryn Forbes. Like, there's only so much that Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Eric Spolster can do when they're playing Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and Omer. Like, this team is dog shit. It's like three real players and then all undrafted players. Like They might be dog shit, mate, but watch us step in them. Like three well, yeah. games out of seven, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, we we could, it could go to six. It could it could go to six, maybe. But yeah. like Miami could also just would not shock me if they didn't even make it out of the play-in. <clears throat> like that's how bad they've been this year. They've yeah. they've they've played like fifty something clutch games this year, and like against awful awful teams. And Joe, like the Celtics have the second best clutch win loss in the whole league this year, despite having a couple of questionable losses. Yeah, but hang on, that's because they get themselves in the clutch games when they have no business being in clutch games. Like the Memphis game where the twelve point lead with five points with five minutes left dwindles down to six. Man, yeah, the Celtics have-, have bad bloody habits. Hey, we've got to be real about this guys. Yeah, but they're a great they're a really good team. They're a really good team. And if you if you you know you play, you know, 82 games, they're gonna have a great points differential. But I'm telling you its team loses the plot and really important points. You know? No question. So brace yourselves. But, it could go yeah, wrong. And they're going to lose their, They're going to lose the plot at least once per series. But the good news is when they play their best, no, no team can touch them. It's actually not close. Best net rating, best point differential, best only team with top five in, in both defense and offense. Today is the first time the Bucs actually beat a healthy contender all season long. Like they are, they are the classic regular season team. And if Kevin Durant's toes are on the line, they don't have a title, and they're a completely different story. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> true. That is keep, true. Keeping the receipts, Jake. Mate, Jake, yeah. Jake, he's just, he's just too, he's, oh, he's got too many bloody facts. <laughs> Damn those facts. Uh, yeah, I mean, Joe, wasn't the Bucks the win against the Bucks enough? It seems like it was the case for everybody, for the majority of Celtics fans, enough to sort of hammer home, like, that they can flip that switch, that they, they absolutely, and the record against the top three seed teams uh, in either conference, like, haven't they shown enough? to demonstrate that they can and will turn it up against big opponents or in big playoff series? You don't have to convince me they've got the capacity to blow out anyone. Like they, they clearly can do it. That's how you build this massive points differential over the course of a season. The issue I have is low-variance offense and high-leverage moments. And the, the, the further you get down at the end of the season, the more high-leverage moments you have. They occur at like so many points during a game. Um, and um, I have real concerns about our ability to do it. Now that said, we're like, and if you say want to say we're the favourites, I'm like, ah, oh, I, I guess so, you know. Um, but I'm just telling you, man, this team's got it's time. It's, it's had a lot. Of, it's had a lot of really bad losses, and those really bad losses are because we just don't have Kane Williamson coming in to steady the ship, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of what I wouldn't get for a bad pepper. Yeah. Region. There's a lot of flaws. There's a lot of flaws. Like the teams you have to go through, like it would just it would blow my mind if the Celtics lost a series. The Sixers, high leverage moments, 
Like, there's still no question. There's no great team in the NBA this year. Like, the only team I'd actually be scared of going to series would be the the Warriors. The Warriors, but like, yes. The, the, the Warriors. Bucks, the Bucks <laughs> have way more issues on offense than, than the Celtics. Like, they they have they went through like a five minute drought today against the against the Sixers in a game they won by twenty because once they get moving and the Sixers just they just, once they let go of the rope Harden like you, you talk about high leverage moments yeah we're not worried about the Sixers yeah, oh no you know yeah, we're gonna no. beat them yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and just just just. Sorry to inter- interrupt here, but oh, I'd say yeah, like go, 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 I agree with both in. of you in the classic fence sitter move. <laughs> yeah, we sure. are Jackson. way, way better than the Heat. They are one of the worst teams in the playoffs. It's precisely why I'm worried about them because we always just shit the bed against yes. a crap team. That's so a really good they, point. I think what will happen is we'll probably lose game one. Everyone will lose their minds. It's going to be like turn your internet off for 24 hours and we'll probably win the next four. And we'll be like, oh, remember- it's fine again. And then the same demons will come back in round two. And it's just going to be one of those uncomfortable horror show playoff runs that we'll probably ultimately end up going to get through to the East Conference yes. Finals with. Yes, but it's not going he's got to accept it. Accept the, like, your, yeah. any, any, any love in your life. No one's yeah. perfect. Like, I got Jake, Jake's the angel, Joe's the demon, and I'm like, I find myself going, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I both know what you're saying. You're both correct. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Uh. I actually think, I, I think that them being a demon in round one, even though they're bad, is actually going to, have them ready to go. I think the Celtics like, would still take them seriously because of how much pain they've caused them. Mm-hmm. So Gosh, actually, galaxy brain, bro. bro. <laughs> yeah, man. He's, he's, that's what we do. That's that's what we do on the show. It's all about the galaxy brain. Um, all right, we have to move on. Just uh, with respect to trying to wrap this thing up within a reasonable time frame, the NBA and the NBPA. It was announced recently. Agreed on a new CBA, a collective bargaining agreement. And if you will, with some patience, let me read out some quote unquote highlights from this announcement. First one being the league is implementing a second salary cap apron, seventeen point five million over the tax line, and those teams will lose several key. Team building mechanisms, including the taxpayer mid-level exception, utilizing cash in trades, moving first round picks in drafts that are seven years away, signing free agent players in the buyout market and taking on more money than is being sent out in trades, which is uh, a huge shift. The NBA is also tying eligibility for postseason awards such as All-NBA and MVP to a mandatory 65 games played. The 65 game minimum does come with some conditions and we don't know what those conditions are at this stage. Moving forward, uh, an in-season tournament, which sounds really exciting, could arrive as soon as the 2023-24 season. The event will include a pool play games baked into the regular season schedule starting in November with eight teams advancing to a single elimination tournament in December. The final four will be held at a neutral site with Las Vegas prominent in the discussion and a few other highlights to rattle off here. An increase to the upper limits on extensions from 120% uh, an increase to 140%, which could have a significant impact on the futures of stars like Celtics Ford Jalen Brown, according to the ESPN article announcing this new CBA. Weed, marijuana, no longer a prohibited substance. 
Let's uh the real get... the real victory of this of this whole go. thing. Yeah. yeah, suddenly the like the buyout market uh, I think I feel like has expanded with guys like There's Michael no Beasley. way that's getting enforced though. <laughs> There's no way that's been enforced no. at any point throughout no. the history of the yeah. NBA. Yes. Maybe when like yeah. Reagan was in charge, but like no chance. No. <laughs> it's just been no made official. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot more and we'll leave the the link to the ESPN.com article in the show notes, but it's recommended reading if you want to have just like a, a general handle on what's going on. A question to you guys, Jake, I'll start with you. How does this affect the Celtics? There's a, there's a lot going on here. There's a, a, quite a shift uh, in some of the sort of the basic rules as far as the salary cap and the way that teams can be managed. How does this affect the Boston Celtics? Man, Wick must be like secretly pumped. Like you can only spend so much money now. You can't just keep adding and adding yeah, and adding. Right? Yeah, he's like, oh no, I can't add another six million for another Gallinari type. Um, I actually think this, obviously it hurts the Celtics in a vacuum because we are one of the teams that I think are above the second apron. But I think it might help the Celtics in the context of where the NBA is at right now because the Bucks are above the apron as well. I think they're maybe second or maybe they're third after the Clippers and the Warriors. The 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 Bucks roster is low key getting old. Oh yeah, quick. Like outside of Giannis, there's not a player on the team that's like, oh, I guess Grace Grace and Allen, but like Middleton, Drew over thirty, Brooks are up there. Like the team's quite old, and so like making it difficult for them to add stuff, I think, could low key be. A big deal. Jackson, yeah. Joe, any thoughts? Well, I mean, Joe, this please, is to me the most interesting. Oh, sorry, go, Jackson, mate. <laughs> no, no, go, no I, was, I was begging you to go for it. <laughs> please. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, haven't exactly digested the whole lot. Um, I think some of the changes made sense, like they made them as a percentage of the salary cap, you know, as opposed to fixed amounts, which is – Always a good idea, as we see in legislation when you tie things to like you try and make a you know a nominal a nominal figure in a bit of tax legislation. It always works out terribly because inflation kicks in and the thresholds that were relevant when the legislation was drafted are no longer relevant. Anyway, I'll just put that back <laughs> train back on the track. Um, so that's a good that's a good change. Um, I, I don't know, like. I sometimes wonder if the ideal format for the NBA is just hard cap, no max salaries, you know, like that's, um, and this is almost a step towards that, it seems, if you're increasing the maximum uh, raises, right, to 140% and implementing a second apron. I didn't quite follow the mechanism by which the second apron would kick in. Is it just if you've got X amount of salary, you've got, yeah, so- you're subject to yeah. certain restrictions, can't have yeah. MLE. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. If you're seventeen point five, yeah, biannual, your mid-level, something else as well. If you're above the yeah, that, that, that affects that affects acquisition from outside, right? It doesn't affect your ability to retain your own players, which I think is that's the point. Like, what? Mm-hmm. We, yeah, yeah. As fans, we kind of, I think, in general, want guys to like teams to retain their players, and yep. I think the player movement thing's gotten a bit, it's gotten a bit out of control. Lately, mm. I think it's made the league a little bit less fun. You need player movement, but it's just too much, eh? Yeah. You know? Um, player movement's fun, eh? Because, like, we don't get anything like that in our sports down, well, 
the sports that I follow no. down here, right? Like there's no trades no. in rugby, you know? No. We don't have an equivalent that's quite fun, but only within limits, eh? It's like sugar mm-hmm. hit, you know? You can only have so much of it before you coma out. Mm. Um, and then um, I've – oh, man, the gambling thing. Just a dumb idea. It feels man, a little – what's, what's the gambling thing? Sorry? Players can own shares in gambling companies. It's just like what could possibly I know, go yeah, wrong? Like, yeah, like no. shares yeah, in their totally team as well. That. I'm yeah, actually in favor of that. I'm, that I'm, I think it's cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, but gambling companies, I just, man, look, hey, look, gambling, everyone has a different threshold, you know, in their personal lives. But different I advice. promise you, you want players as far away from gambling as you yes. possibly can. Like, it, it's just going to make, it's it's just going to shroud things and, and, um, yeah. and conjecture. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not in favor of it at all. It's just very. You can imagine like Jalen. Oh, he Jalen Brown. It's a terrible example. Um, Blake Griffin bet on my same game parlay of two points, one assist, and three rebounds, and like <laughs> two dunks, <laughs> and two dunks to give you plus ten thousand odds. <laughs> yes. Hey, I tell you what. I saw an ad. And I don't know if it was fake or not, but like Brendan McCullum. Is like who's the coach? He's a New Zealand cricket player. Blah blah blah. Who cares? Yeah, anyway, sorry, he coach England, and he's like <laughs> he's like an advertising advertisements for like a England betting thing. And like if you know the story of Brendan McCallum and Chris Kent, it's like what the hell's going on there, man? Anyway, yeah. point is, man, gambling is like the the game has to be hermeneutically sealed off from gambling. Otherwise, yeah. gambling doesn't work, and the game starts to not work. Yeah. I'm just so mm-hmm. opposed to it. I think Cronier was born too soon. That's all yeah. I'll say. <laughs> yeah, I see. <laughs> I think the, I, I think the whole the whole mid season tournament is purely just to get more gambling in. I think it is yeah. the most pointless thing I've ever heard. Like they're oh, trying to be the UEFA Champions League, and oh, that's all it. well and good, except you don't have oh. any clubs from any other leagues and or countries to play against. It's like, oh look, we drew we, we drew the Raptors. Wow, or we, we, we're playing the Lakers like an extra time. Like I, I can see the fun in it, and like, look, if the Celtics make that Final Four in Vegas, of course I'm going to be up for it. I'm going to treat that tournament like it's more important than than every single NBA title like rolled together. Don't you worry about it. But it's it's just <laughs> clearly it's clearly just to get more gambling. They're holding it in Vegas. Well, it's rumored to be held in Vegas. It's going to be a neutral venue, um, but I bet it's somewhere that allows gambling. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that that I think is a whole bunch of jive. Um, as far as I know, like the, it'll help the Celtics as far as the, like the 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 increases are concerned because I think that gives Jalen Brown a much more lucrative uh, offer to sign with the Celtics if he doesn't make All NBA. Um, I, I think the Jalen Brown contract saga is probably not going is probably going to go beyond uh, this offseason All NBA or not. I just have a feeling in my stomach it's just going to just, just going to be bad. But anyway, no. that option is now available to him. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. It's don't it's probably just that. being skeptical. But like I don't know. I just, <laughs> there's just there's just something Whoa, that says to comment. him. Hmm. Who the hell's watching? How long before we have our first gambling was that a scandal or something like that? Yeah. 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 I think it's like twenty past seven AM in on the that. east coast of the States <laughs> yeah. right now. So people are waking up and Carl's commenting. Up early, getting his yeah. first of the floor in. Yeah, yeah. wow. Great way to start the day. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> on Jalen Brown, uh he would uh now be eligible for a four year one hundred and ninety million dollar extension with a first year salary of forty three million, which is twenty five million more in total than previously allowed, but still way, way less than 
uh, what Brown would be mm-hmm. eligible for, what Jalen would be eligible for if he were to make all NBA. And if he doesn't make all NBA this year, and we're going to continue to campaign as I'm he's sure going he to. personally he's is a, as well, he's oh, he'll make all point. NBA. Like, yeah, he he can make will. all NBA next year and still be eligible for that. Yeah. But um, you know, obviously we want him to to make it this year so that we can just super max extension him, offer him an undeniable amount of money. Uh, and then just like close the book on that and and move yeah. forward. I think we all yeah. want both the Jays, regardless of the cost, um, on board at this point. The other thing is oh, we the- offer. You can't refuse. Yeah. Exactly, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> ben, ben, God, like- Godfather offers all round. Ben, Everybody. I want to hear why you like the tournament. I just like games with high importance and. You know, if there's something more at stake, like it's, it's an 82 game season, and I love that they've baked it into that and not added additional games. Obviously, oh. there's an additional game, an 83rd game for the two, like quote unquote, winners of that tournament. But to just to add extra spiciness to otherwise like boring regular season games, I think is great. Um, the $500,000 like award per player. It's going to mean a lot to half the roster on either team. That's going to be an incentive. And, and do we like what do we see out of guys like, I'm sure we won't have Peyton Pritchard around next year, but that level of player, what do we see out of those guys uh, during those games because of that added level of importance and significance based on these, you know, the, the, the mid-season tournament. So give me a Pritchard. reason to be like, Lou Dort, OKC yeah. Boston. It's yeah. the yeah. Pl- yeah. It's head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's yeah. the mid-season tournament final. Give me that. I want that in my life. That's why I'm in full support of the it's, mid-season yeah. tournament. It's like a 25 and under, like zero all-style appearances. Like you, you can have only a certain amount of minutes with your stars at play and not like the, the bench guys have to play. <laughs> It'll be like Olympic yeah. soccer. Yeah, Olympic yeah, soccer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can nominate one old, old overage player to come in. Exactly. So here's Blake Griffin with JD Davidson, Kevin <laughs> yeah. Yelly, and, yeah. and whoever ends up on the team next year. Burger and maybe. We didn't talk I, about yeah. there's now a third two way spot as well, too, which yeah. yes. I just, think will. Yeah. So we're going to get positive. We're going to get to a total of six ways. We are. Yeah. Six ways like- in total. The math, the math <laughs> checks out on that. Uh, so just quickly. Uh, does this make so that the abolition of the MLE for for folks like us, well above that that additional tax apron now, Jake? Does this make the Grant Williams hmm. extension more likely? Surely, right? Because like, where else is the talent coming from? Like, we have well, no more exceptions. It makes the whole Grant asset management very very important. Whether it's our, you know. Grant becoming the player we kind of thought he was going to become after the playoffs last season, is it, or is it going to be what we use as like our kind of last move with this current core? I mean, and I mean that Ben from like a sign and trade perspective, not a keeping Grant point of view. So like, you know, let's let's call it fifteen million, fifteen million plus Pritchard's four million plus Moose's three point five. That gets you to like twenty two point five. So that's like a potential move for a pretty serious salary, pretty serious move. Or you just hope that Grant is the guy because whatever you do, you either need Grant to become the guy we think he can still become or they got to flip it into like another really, really good player and maximize this window because they're going to be limited with the amount of moves they can make with Yen. So it becomes very, very important 
we've said a million times, massive playoffs for Grant. Huge. Mm. Yeah. Joe, we need him. Yeah. Number yeah. one Grant stand. Joe oh, Jackson, any thoughts? <laughs> yeah, Joe Jackson. <laughs> Look, I'd like to keep Grant, but if Grant wants $20 million, then, I mean- He's put it this way. He's got a great. He's got a great opportunity to prove his worth in the playoffs, which is, I, I think, the only reason you're really keeping him around at this stage is because we we have it on record what he can do to the likes of Giannis, etc. So, I mean, I would love him to stay. I am a big Grand fan, despite what you may have heard on this podcast. You know, I'm talking to you on Twitter, whoever your name is. Um, <laughs> but no, I'd love to. I'd love to have Grant here. And if the CBA, if the CBA, like you know, makes like kind of limits his options or makes it you know more viable for him to sign with us, then great. I'm happy for it. All for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's um, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> the thing with, the thing with Grant specifically, right? It's it's all about acceptance of of role, and um, he's he's great when he plays his role, his defined role on his team, and he's going to be great if he signs for a contract that's commensurate with that role. If he signs for a contract that's outside that role, it's it's not going to go that well. He's um, mm-hmm. He's he's not a career off the dribble, you know. He's <laughs> as much as he tries to be. Yeah, he's got to <laughs> cool it on the fast breaks. I, I yeah. love. I just love his game, though. Like for all his flaws, just I'm just you know for all his flaws, I just love it. You know, in a way that I'm a bit like Brogdon. Don't really like what you do. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, that's that's where you lose me a little bit. But, Maybe playoff yeah. Grant, but this season Grant does not fit the same. I I have my opinions, man. I have my opinions, and 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 <laughs> I stick with them. Even, even and I just rage against all sensible judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to do it. All right. So the upcoming schedule: the Celtics have four games remaining in the season. Philly Tuesday night, Boston time. Then the Raptors, the Raptors again, and then the Hawks to finish things up. It sounds like. You know, we, we've kind of already talked about this just by the essence of the podcast so far, but win against Philly, just like demoralize them, get that one win to lock down the two seed and then just not shut it down, but just take it easy for the rest of the season. And, you know, um, with the emphasis on playoff readiness and health readiness heading into the postseason, Jackson, do you view the rest of the regular season differently at all? Or are you pretty much aligned with that that approach? I, I care so little at this point. I'm I am just dying for the playoffs to start. <laughs> yeah. And obviously I I even though like the idea of facing Brooklyn as opposed to uh Miami is slightly more comforting, although like Michael Bridges the last two times we have played him no, has, has slaughtered us. So they're better. They they can switch everything, which turns us into ISO ball. That would be so much worse than Miami, in my opinion. True, but I just think they're cursed because they have Ben Simmons on their team. I don't think they go anywhere. <laughs> but that's, 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 my own, that's my that's my Jake, own juju. You that's, 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 that Jake. You <laughs> that he's barely there. He's like he's waft he's waft hangs over them. I'm sure. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like a worse. bad fart. Like a bad yeah. fart. All right. It will. So man, at this stage, I would love to beat Philly because I love beating Philly, no matter what the circumstances or the or or what day it is. Um, but honestly, just start the playoffs. Get there healthy. Uh, I'm fine. Whatever you want to give me. 4-0, 0-4, 2-2, doesn't matter. Just just get to the playoffs healthy. Two two more games where we play serious. And I want to. you say you don't care now, but it's going to be like eight minutes before tip and oh, against okay. Philly. And it's going to be I mean, like, we. I will die if we don't win this game. I will, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be distracted at my desk at work watching the second 
happens. But like, I see <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, objectively now, I just don't care. Yeah. What was the over for the Celtics? I feel like it was like right around 54, 55. Yeah, 54 and a half. Yeah. 54 and a half. So we're going to win right, this one and get the over. Yeah. Never in doubt. Oh, that'll be good. Tick that off, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. The dice cast. We're going to win one game. Milwaukee's going to win another oh, yeah. game, and we're not going to yeah. catch them. And Philly's not going to catch us. And yeah. it's yeah, like Jackson says, let's just let's just get on with it. Yeah. So if you're going to win one, like beat the bastards, beat the 76ers, yeah. show them who's Second boss. Tool. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the Sixers are not in a good place right now. And Love it. Love like, to see if it. J- if, if Jason Tatum like continues to disarray. His three point shooting thing into Philly, like that's just gonna feel awful. Like James, like James, the whole James Harden thing. Like the only way Philly can kind of be really good is if James Harden's playing at like this twenty point twelve assist guy, and the Celtics just have like six dudes that can guard him one on one that he can't get past. And so if he can't create advantages, it's just. Night night, and he most importantly, he's a loser. Him. He also yeah. is a loser. No leverage <laughs> moments. Love it. All right, let's wrap it up there on James Harden being a loser. That is going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoy the show, a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts really, really helps. A rating on Spotify, like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. It's, it's all really helpful. We'll be back with another pod later in the week. Jackson, Jake, Joe. It's a lot of J's. I just Love realized. Love your work, guys. Hell yeah. <laughs> Until next time, go Celtics. Go Celtics.